Hey everybody, it's Jay here. Uh, I just wanted to jump in and let you all know about a new thing that we're doing. It is the brand new Patreon for DevOtaku. Now, a link to it's going to be in the show notes below, and it really helps us a lot if anyone can just give like a few dollars a month, a dollar a month, whatever. By doing that, you help cover the costs of running a podcast. That's right. They're usually not free. And we try to put a lot into it, but of course, this is designed to be an area, a community, a place where people can relax and not necessarily think about all the stresses in their day job. They can think about something fun for once. I was just telling a friend about how I I shut down another podcast because it was becoming too busy and too too much stress. And I don't want to see that happen to Devataku. I love it. It gives me uh, time that I spend with my family. And I'm sure it also allow it allows the other panelists to enjoy the time that they have as well, just kind of relaxing and getting into some good anime. But again, it's it's on our Patreon. The link is in the description, or you can go to devotaku.com and there's a link on the homepage to support us. It goes to our Patreon. And if we reach our first goal, which will mean we are fully funded, we're going to do something special and open up a Facebook group for all the Devataku listeners out there, and I promise it will feature Jamie doing the stray dog strut. I don't know if I'm going to do it or not. We're arguing over the numbers, but now nah, I'm going to do it too. But again, let's go to devataku.com and then click on the button that says Patreon, and there you will be able to support the Devataku podcast, the Devataku community, and uh, yeah, back to the show. Hello, welcome back to the Dev Otaku Podcast. This is the show where three developers only talk about code a little bit, but most importantly, they talk about the show that they've been watching, the anime that they've been watching, and breaking down, that is Cowboy Bebop. I'm Jay Miller. I'm Kiera. And I'm Jamie. And how's everybody been? It's it's been a while since we recorded again. Uh, for those that don't know, we we like record these in like batches, so because we're all over the world. I almost <laughs> wanted to say country, but I forgot we got we got a shade throwing Brit over there. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but this week we are talking about episode four. And I couldn't remember for a second because I've watched a lot of these now. Um, but episode four, um, it's going to be a little bit different. But of course, remember, we do share spoilers. So at this point, we're going to take it for our spoiler break. entire episode for watching in there and uh we're not gonna break it down scene by scene uh there were just like a couple of things that happened in this a a lot of interesting things to talk about but uh the synopsis was kind of uh spike and jet are looking for one person morgan 
Um, that person quickly dies. Um, good job. <laughs> and in return, they wind up catching um, mom. Yeah, it wasn't even their fault this time. Yeah. <laughs> It wasn't Spike's usual um, not being very good at his job that causes the person to die. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even want to talk about Spike not being good at his job because, like, the next two episodes, all of that. <laughs> but, but definitely um, in the process, they realize, oh, yeah, mom's worth a lot of money. Jamie, our resident uh, bounty collector, how much is is mom worth? So, uh, mom is worth, uh, 25 million years. Mom has the highest bounty, right? Um, I believe so. I believe she's had the highest bounty. Yeah. And, and what we noticed is this is uh, a bounty that was placed by the government, um, due to environmental terrorism and... It was. It's very interesting to to see this because this is the second time that we've seen references to like environmentalism and environmental activism. Um, in this case, environmental terrorism, which is pretty wild. But like we we did some digging, and and man, this was fun. This is like going through a time por- like a time <laughs> capsule. Um, we looked back at like what was going on in that area and. You know, there there wasn't too much, but one of the big things that we did notice was the year before this uh, episode came out, which was uh, November of 1998, uh, Dolly the Sheep was cloned the year before. Um, and of course, as always, and I think this was kind of alluded to with the, the Ganymede rats um, issue, was the whaling that has always been an issue in Japan. Um, Japan for a long time relied on whaling as a like in all the things that came from whaling as a big part of their industry. And there's always been this environmental backlash about it. And now I think now it actually is there's like you can only whale in like certain areas, but for like most of the majority areas where whaling was once allowed, it is now prohibited. Um, what was everyone's thoughts on like all the environmental talk in um, the past couple of episodes? I guess um, for me, it was a little strange. You go from this gentle giant um, to, I don't want to call mom really an activist. Like, I don't know. She was, she was like super extreme on this edge, but I guess it really mattered to them, which I found a little bit weird since it's different planets, you know? So different planets in the same theme of like, you guys are not protecting the animals. Yeah, it was, um, I wonder whether the inclusion of the, um, the environmental stuff was a reaction to, you know, Japan being told, hey, you can't, you know, do as much whaling as you want, especially since, you know, Japan was the only country to vote against the the sort of the whaling um uh the regulations and stuff so yeah it, it definitely was an interesting um thought especially when they were talking about like they're they're ta- they're like protecting these ganymede rats which um spike definitely breaks down the history of the ganymede rat really really well and essentially just tells them like these things are disgusting like they're not it's not good like 
people are hunting them just because they're used to hunting them. The house specialty is sea rat. Used to be a staple food, harvested in the Ganymede Sea. After the gates stabilized, food wasn't scarce anymore and people stopped eating it, so they ran some fancy ad campaigns and claimed it was a delicacy. And? Is it tasty? It's totally disgusting. People eat it anyway for status. It's in now. But it was, well, it was definitely an interesting concept to, to break down this, this whole environmental impact. And then also seeing like government corruption in there a little bit too, because I, I don't know. How do people think about that? There's, there's this, this incident where essentially you have these people that are being held hostage and they're being told like, okay, drop the bounty and you're going to stop um you know hunting these ganymede rats or if you don't we'll release this virus into the wild that turns people into apes um one a very silly virus but but like this this level of government corruption i'm i'm just wondering what was what was the message there was were people thinking like maybe the government was like in bed with these these whalers or you know, why Why was it such a big deal that the government got involved? Um, I mean, you know, you have, you have, um, you often have big businesses uh, taking a very keen interest, shall we say, in politics all around the world. I mean, you know, in, in all sorts of different countries. Some countries it's more obvious. Some countries it's entirely underhanded. So maybe it's, you know, maybe it was related to that, that sort of this idea of, you know, the, the uh, well, even so, I mean, e even with um, big businesses being involved, you know, a, a government will always try and come up with some kind of rule to say, you know, you can do this and you can't do that because, you know, it's there, it's that government's country, the land, the air, the sea, that kind of thing. So you can only fish for so many fish or you can only, you know, uh, tear down so many trees or whatever. Maybe. Hmm. See, I didn't see it as corruption. I mean, it wasn't like I get what you're saying. It wasn't really corruption until they took away her bounty. Um, But to me, that makes sense. Like even looking at the world and how politics works today, you will try to do the lesser of two. Okay, maybe not today, but the lesser of two evils. <laughs> so it was like, all right, so we're either all going to have this virus that we don't know how to, you know, reverse, or we can just let her go. So, I mean, it kind of made sense. A little corruption, nothing out of the ordinary, though. And definitely. And, and that is actually where uh, kind of the next topic, it just kind of bounces right into it. Um, in, in the story, it actually starts with us seeing a familiar face in Faye Valentine being stranded. And she's, while being ignored, runs across this wreckage of essentially like a spy that was in mom's court that, that stole the virus. And I, I was just, I was like, oh, yay, Faye. <laughs> like, awesome. Um, it was interesting seeing her in the story, but not having a really large role in it until the very end. Um, but yeah, it, it looks, you know, as we, as we get, you know, to the end of the show, 
she's she's definitely saying, "Hey, I'm on board. Let's do this." And it it sounds almost like like she wants to. I don't know if she wants to become a bounty hunter or or what. Like, what do we think is is Faye's future role in this like story? I wonder whether um, so like from my point of view. Ah, oh, this is gonna sound really. I think I think it's more to do with her character. So her character enjoys the finer things in life, and you know, uh, like when we first meet her, she's in this cigar bar, you know, and she's got the uh, arm full of full of bags from when she's gone shopping and stuff. So maybe maybe she joins the crew, or, or well, I mean, she kind of pushes herself on the crew, but maybe she joins the crew as a way of getting a little adventure, but also making you know some money so she can go buy some stuff. I don't know, but that's that's based on how her character comes across. It seems like if if that was the case, though, why would she stay with like the two brokest of people? Because <laughs> like they're always complaining about how they're broke. By the same token, they're always saving her. <laughs> so it's like that's maybe, also true. Yeah, maybe they're saving her for a reason. You know, I don't know. Well, I guess because they've got a conscience, you know. Yeah, and and I know we we talked about it a little bit, but the <laughs> earlier we mentioned Spike's bounty hunting skills. <laughs> um. So the uh, the pickpocket or the uh, the drop off of the virus, which at the end is absolutely hilarious, but. Um, that was intentional. <laughs> mm, yeah, I feel like it was. Um, I don't think it was intentional in the way that, oh, I'll give this to her and eventually it will, you know, blow up in her face. I think it was more a case of because, like, when you see when you see Spike trying to break into the container and he's twisting it and stuff, and obviously he can see that that um, what did we say her name was? <laughs> Twinkle. Twinkle, that's it. So you could see that he could see that Twinkle was getting agitated by him trying to break into it. And then he pulls out the gun and shoots it. (laughs) So he clearly doesn't care that much for it. So he shoots it and then Jet takes it. And then clearly, you know, at that point, to them, it's worth nothing. So they just go, oh, you know what? You can have it back. But in a sneaky, underhanded way. I mean, I still, that part to me didn't make sense because I was just like, wait a minute. Why would you give her anything? Like, you don't know what it is. So, is isn't it? Um, they give her that back after they find out what it is. I'm sure that's what happens. I don't think so. Down? No, because right, I don't yeah. think they. I don't think they ever specify that the vial that they have is the virus that they're looking for. Yeah, that's true. Like, if you look, well, the camera always pans to mom and her face changes as, you know, Spike's trying to open it. So I didn't, my whole thinking was like, why are they not noticing her face? Um, But as the show or this episode goes on, you kind of see, I think Spike did notice. Hence the whole like slipping it into her pocket on smooth light. I don't know. I I still wouldn't think so because Jet was on the phone uh, talking with, you know, his, his confidant, which... Again, talk about government corruption. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> talking about like I, 
What is up with them and putting stuff in their eyes? Like, no, Bob. You know, when we worked in the same department, a lot of those illegal eye drops we picked up seemed to disappear. Wait a minute. What are you saying, Jet? If you want to work until retirement age, kind of a bad idea to turn against me now, buddy. Some eye drops that were missing. I think it was the bloody eye that he's talking about. Yeah, it was. It's it's definitely interesting that. Again, bounty hunters, and uh, we know that Jet was was a previous cop, and and like the network that he has is because of that. But, but still, I mean, he's he's on the computer talking. Spike's trying to open up a deadly virus, um, <laughs> in like the worst ways possible. Um, I don't think you would notice her facial. Like she didn't say anything. She was just kind of like, oh no, oh no, oh no, and then like. He shoots it and it just goes flying, which don't quite understand how that happened, but okay. <laughs> um, anime magic. Um, but it was it's definitely one of these things where I feel like it was, in my opinion, I feel like it was a slip. I feel like we weren't supposed to be like, wait, he didn't know it was a virus. Like, but I don't know. That's just me. Yeah, I mean, I feel like. I don't know, from a watcher's, yeah, <laughs> watching perspective, you know, we noticed a lot of things that they didn't notice, but somehow in the end they noticed, if that makes sense. It was so weird because the whole time, like, he's shooting this vial, I'm looking at mom's face. I stopped paying attention to Spike. But then, you know, it seems like they're putting together things that maybe I missed because I was focused on her face. So bits and pieces. So the last thing that I definitely wanted to bring up was the gate technology. Um, the it, technology it, is cool, man. It went like sci-fi and then it went like ultra sci-fi because I have, I have a few problems with it and they're just, <laughs> they're like scientifically like physical problems. <laughs> if, one object traveling at light speed is going one way <laughs> and shoots missiles also traveling at light speed. Yeah. Technically, you could not shoot them forward because you're all going at the same rate. Um, on top of that, if you're going in the opposite direction at light speed, like how far away are they? Because it, it seems like if you're traveling, like if you're traveling at the at the point where you need like a hyper dimension, like wormhole, like is Ganymede like that far away from everything, or or like what? It did not make sense. I mean, so science wise, um, to me, it kind of just sounded like they were in a vacuum. This that's why I completely didn't think through any of that with the whole missiles. Because I was like, okay, technically. Every gate is a vacuum. So within that vacuum, anything can happen. What threw me was at the end when Lee was like, did you pay attention in your physics class? Um, things traveling at light speed can be seen by the naked eye after the gate closes. And I'm just like, no, like, it doesn't make sense to me. They didn't pay attention in their <laughs> physics class. <laughs> That's my right. argument. I mean, maybe I took the wrong physics. I don't know. But everything that happened within the gate seemed like it was its own separate entity. So, like, 
I, I worked at NASA, so I can geek out over this, but there's wind tunnel testing. And so you only feel that type of pressure within that tunnel. And that's exactly what their gates seem like. It's just that particular tunnel. Once you're out of it, there's no, nothing can happen. But once you're in it, everything within there is its own separate entity from the world. See, I had a slightly less sciencey question. And that was, when the gates close... And, you know, the, the objects keep moving. Does that mean that if anyone goes into that hyperspace area along that same trajectory, will eventually get hit by those missiles? Oh, that's a good question, too. I didn't well, think you could. Like, every... Okay, maybe I watched way too much Star Trek growing up with my mom, but, like... There's no such thing. <laughs> <laughs> I assume, like, every gate was different. So, like... You know, the two gates that they went through might connect Gamamede to, I don't know, let's say Taiwan or something. And so those are the only two gates you could use for that moment. And then, like, once they close, you have to wait, you know, a couple of hours or whatever for them to reopen. And then you can get back through. Sounds like wormhole technology to me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. (laughs) Yeah, a little Uh, bit. I was like, nobody can really just jump through the same gate at the same time. You know what I'm saying? From a different place. Well, you also have this weird thing of like, you're traveling like in this little tunnel. And if you get to the edges of the tunnel, it it gets a little dicey. Like, you have to stay within this path. Um, what, what if there's a traffic jam? What if there's like a giant wreck? <laughs> like in Does the middle of the tunnel? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it happens in hyperspace. <laughs> And then also, what what is up with people just shooting stuff? Like, I mean, <laughs> I I understand. Yes, they need to be able to shoot down these missiles that carry like a, a you know a life altering virus. But at the same time, who has guns on their cars? Like, this is just not. This isn't right. Like, I mean, I understand your ship is a ship or whatever, but your ship should not have a laser on it, <laughs> especially on like a speeder. I was actually kind of surprised um, with Spike's ship. Like, it had to recharge. I just kind of assumed, like, he would have, like, this machine gun type of thing and not, like, this, I guess it's an electronic probe for being technical about it. So nah, I was just bullets like, oh. are too expensive. <laughs> I was just so disappointed. I'm just like, why? You, you know Spike. Spike is like, man, Cheap. I ain't paying for bullets. <laughs> <laughs> also true. That reminds me of an old sketch from a, a British um, sketch show where this character is talking about how he's uh, instituting new national cuts to save money. And he says, the army will only consist of two people, one to fire the bullet and one to ask for it back. <laughs> I mean, that is conserving your resources. Yeah. <laughs> kind of makes me think, so, you know how like one of the warheads split into like thousands and thousands of more. And the whole thing was like, we're not dealing with the military. Like, how did you get this technology? So it makes me think. So just based off of what you were saying, Jay, like if you reuse things, if you're reusing these bullets. Maybe that's what they did to create like these layers and layers. Like, I've never seen anything in real life that shoots multiple layers. But, you know, Call of Duty video games and stuff. Well, they do have like cluster bombs. Like, I mean, I'm, the cluster bomb idea wasn't like foreign beyond me, but 
the cluster cluster bombs. That was <laughs> yeah. That was weird because it was like if the why would you not just drop a cluster payload instead of oh we're gonna take one missile turn it into three missiles and then turn the three missiles into thirty missiles like you could have just put them in or or even better like if you knew she was in there close the gate (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i don't understand why that was a last minute thought too like oh go save us but like they were like the defense they couldn't find her they couldn't find her and i'm like okay spike and lee found it within five seconds where they were broadcasting from so you didn't think to begin with to just close the gate like you wait until they're actually in there to be like, oh, we're going to close the gate. It's like, wait, we're the defense system will take too long to shoot them down, you know, outside of the gate. Well, if they're in the gate and they can't ever leave the gate, just close the gate. <laughs> it's that simple. This was a lot of, um, is it retroactive thinking or you think after things happen? I, I mean... Well, I guess what I would ask is, is Watanabe being really lazy with this one? Because it, it seems like a lot of stuff didn't make sense. I really liked the episode. I thought the episode was fun. Oh, yeah. It was action-packed. Like, there's a lot of plot twists. You know stuff that the characters don't know. So you're just like, why is he doing this? Stop trying to shoot. <laughs> like, don't shoot the vial. Um, but at the same time, like you're able to put one, you're, you're able to put two and two together really quickly and figure out the story. But at the same time, it was like every time they would do something that just made absolutely no sense, I would like lose my mind. I kind of agree with Jay. I really liked the episode, but things just didn't make sense to me. I was just like, all right, like mom was a little creepy, but the rest of it. I was just like, all right, what is the point of this one episode being in a series? I mean, it was a, what I really liked about it was it was really dark. Like so far, the show has been kind of, yeah, there's horrible things happen, but we'll kind of put that behind, you know, behind the camera so you don't have to worry about it. Whereas, you know, if you think about it, uh, Twinkle Murdoch was a really horrible person. Like, she she sent one of her sons and put him in the pods so that he would end up with this virus because he got something slightly wrong. Well, I don't I don't think that's like her actual son. <laughs> oh, well, okay, still, fair enough. Yeah, but, right. yeah, yeah. Otherwise, she has that's... a whole bunch of kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, and they talked about it a little bit with her history. Like she started out as like an activist, and then she got into like the more extreme and just over time became this prominent um, animal rights, like eco-terrorist. So yeah, I think that's just kind of her moniker. That reminds me of a Futurama and they have a, isn't that mom too? But those are actually her kids. Yeah. (laughs) With the robots. (laughs) I mean, but that, if you think about it, it's going to sound really weird and twisted, but the perfect, like, takeover of anything requires one leader and a whole bunch of followers your followers pretty much have to have that parent-child relationship type of um Mm -hmm. i don't know a nice way to put it but i'm just gonna say stupidity (laughs) 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 like that's the only way for it to truly work without question now i think it was a little messed up of her to you know be like oh you messed up so you'll get a punishment and we're turning you into the monkey. Like, 
that was a little crazy. But then at the same time, you go back to think like you've already tested this on other people. You clearly don't care for human life um, except your own. So it makes sense. Yeah. Also, Japanese culture, uh, most gang, like the whole gang mentality there, like Yakuza culture, like if you screw up, you're losing a finger. Like that's, they're definitely pretty harsh when it comes to like, oh, hey, you made a mistake. You might have to die on your own sword. <laughs> like that's a, that's a very uh, common thing in organized crime in Japanese culture, at least um, as it's portrayed from like a Western perspective. Well, I, I said that I enjoyed the show or the episode. Kara said she enjoyed it. Jamie, what about you? What was your, what was your overall thought of this episode? Uh, it was fun and dark, and that makes me sound really horrible. <laughs> but, like, it was a nice sort of twist, because, like I say, so far all of the absolute horrible horribleness has happened behind the scenes. You know, like, uh, when in the first episode, when uh, Asimov uh, stole all of the, the, the bloody eye, presumably he'd had to have break it out of the... the like a, a safe room or some kind of hideout, so he would have had to kill a bunch of people. That was kind of done off screen, you know? And it's been, yeah, for, from a viewer's point of view, it's not been really dark. And to me, the the whole, I'm going to destroy everybody and, you know, I'm going to make everybody into these uh, monkeys and I'm going to use one of my lackeys to show you that I actually mean business. It's really, really dark. To me, anyway. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. One thing I did want to mention, though, is that um, when Jet is talking through um, Murdoch's history, uh, and, and he says, you know, she, she was, like you were saying, Jay, she started off as a bit of a, an eco, you know, eco warrior, bit of a, almost like a Greenpeace, you know, working for, for environmentalism um, ideas. And then something changed along the way. It cuts to a shot of her as a young lady and she's got her hair down and she has these tiny spectacles on. She looks a bit like Egon from the real Ghostbusters cartoon. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Didn't At least she did to me anyway, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just, I mean, I am weird, but maybe I'm just that weird. I did really like that. Um, this is going to come out wrong as well, but I did really like that Faye wasn't really in this episode until she was needed. So it was like, it was kind of, you know, in the previous episode, she's been there and she's messed the plans up or she's been there, then jumped in and trashed the place. Whereas now, you know, she's kind of, she, she was required to help not, not fix the problem at the end of the episode, but like she was there to help spike out when, when he needed the help, you know? And then the, you know, at the end of the show, the whole, so next time we'll make loads of money. And uh, that wonderful little coda at the end with uh, Spike going to tell Faye that he doesn't like that she's on his ship. Yeah, yeah, all that work and no reward. For tough guys, you sure complain a lot. Now, don't take it so hard, boys. We'll make some big bucks on the next one. Well, think I'll go take a shower now. <laughs> next time, we'll make money. Jed, is she saying what I think she's saying? Because if she is... I don't know, and I have no opinion. Man, she's taking a shower, an hour shower. Now that's not okay, right? Don't know and have no opinion. Fine, I'll go tell her myself. 
Wee! Spike! Bad moves, Spike-o. While she's in the shower. <laughs> I think it's funny I, that both of y'all say that, though. Like, you like that she wasn't there until she was needed. I think I took a completely different perspective. And I was just like, Why, what are you doing with life? Like, go sit down somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I saw her floating in the ship, and I was like, what does she do now? And then when she stayed, like... I don't know. I kind of agree with Spike. I was like, oh, man, this is about to get so messy. Well, I and I was I was thinking at the end, like, okay, this is a cash grab because she even said like she I can I can save us all, but I want 80 (laughs) percent. I mean, they're thieves, right? No, no, I want 50 percent. They're like, no, no, no. Okay, fine. 60, 40. Okay, you I'll take the 60. (laughs) Yeah, but it, it was definitely this this weird negotiation, which again could have all been avoided had they just closed the gate to begin with. Um, but that is that's going to wrap up our discussion on episode four of Cowboy Bebop. And Jamie, if you like dark, oh my goodness, episode five is oh, so yeah. dark oh, yeah. and so beautiful. Episode five is easily my favorite. One of my favorite episodes in this entire series. I cannot wait to go over it. But that's going to do it for this episode. If you enjoyed listening to it, uh, be sure to check out the show notes. we got a bunch of information in there. We've got links to where you can watch along with us on Hulu. Or, of course, you can always purchase the uh, Cowboy Bebop set on Amazon. And if you use the link in the show notes, it gives us a little kickback. helps us keep the podcast running and strong. And I want to mention, we have uh, a website, it's devataku.com, and there you'll not only get the podcast and links, but you'll find out a little bit more about us, what we're up to, as well as some really interesting blog posts. Uh, I think we have a couple of top fives coming out really soon. If they're not out already, I I can't tell because of how we record these, (laughs) but (laughs) yeah, behind the third wall there. (laughs) But yeah, be sure to check out and and let us know what you think about it. And of course, you can always go and support us directly via our brand new Patreon. I don't know why I said always and brand new at the same time. Um, But you can go and support us on Patreon. The link is in the show notes below at the bottom. Yeah, go support us. A a dollar a month, it goes a long way, Uh, especially if, you know, 200 or 500 people do it. But I think that's it for all of our PSAs. But that's going to be it for us this week. So, amigos, we will see you later. Bye. Bye. Oh, I just want to throw out there. They didn't They didn't do a, uh, a space... Uh, what is it called? Um, oh, um, the, hot shot? Space yeah, shot? Hot shot? Hot shot? Hot shot? That yeah. wasn't in this episode. So how did they find out about the bounty? <laughs>